0: welcome to the third part of the interview with a fascinating judy delozia i think i think that core skill the modeling of nlp is very particular to and, and and to me it's incredibly scientific it's like going well let's see what we've got let's get the best approximation as we move on we can work out if it's good enough or if we can amend it and we're op- always open to this is just a model rather than this is a, this is the way it is and that's what i'm finding in my research with science with health psychology and stuff is there's so many kind of models all very different But everyone clinging on to their their model being the right one. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's the interesting part that, I mean, even some of the the folks in NLP that sort of cling to their map of the world as being the right map, um, you know, are kind of missing the fact that, you know, I remember John Grinder saying specifically every model houses limits by the definition that it's a model. End of story you know so you know I guess wisdom is what starts to emerge you know when you can kind of be willing to explore beyond the limits of the model and and uh, you know people get very attached you know and then the lost performative comes you know this is the right way the only way and it's it's systems it's just human you know and it happens Repetitively in big groups and small groups and individuals, <laughs> it's just life, you know. And I, I think but it, it doesn't have wisdom in that sense, you know, or mastery—the ability to to kind of hold up various descriptions of the same human process and look at the 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 points of tension and the points of similarity.
0: Well, I think with the NLP, the original NLP demonstrated that beautifully with the, the meta model, which is this, you know their little baby, hey, this works brilliantly, and then finding the Mills model being completely the opposite, destroying yeah, their model, easy. and somehow being able to, yeah. yeah, being able to be okay with that, and go, okay, well, these yeah. are just two very different ways of working.
1: Yeah, 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 one's about, you know, freedom and going into the deep structure to make your associations, and the other one's about clarifying it and bringing it to the surface, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and being able to see that, being able to step back enough to see such oppositional positions and being able to kind of go, oh, that makes perfect sense. We can make sense of this.
1: Well, and, and I think that's mine, and I think Robert's too, just fascination with the whole world of wisdom right now, and what are those patterns that are reoccurring, and one of those is definitely to be able to get out of your own perspective, and the other one is the ability to hold the big pictures, and the other is to hold, you know, very different truths as both, you know, both okay. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> they just are. They happen model is useful it'll hang around as long as it's useful and when it's not useful anymore something better will come along that's the, the reality for me you know well,
0: we were discussing on an in interviews earlier on about uh, thomas kuhn who talks about the paradigm shift you know it takes about 30 years for a yeah. paradigm to change and he says it's not because of the new ideas he says it's because the old people with the old ideas die well. <laughs>
1: I we remember having a great conversation with a with a Jesuit priest in Belgium, you know, and he had studied with Carl Jung. Wow, he's a younger guy. He was a psychologist and he was a you know a Jesuit priest, and he had been a teacher of a friend of mine. And so we went out. We're all drinking wine, and he brought up that very thing. He said, you know, the best thing that can happen for ever, any field. Is for the you know the originators or the punctuators of the origin to be willing to pass the torch and know when to step down. That's another kind of wisdom. And he goes, very few communities, groups, fields may ever have that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got to know when to let go.
0: <laughs> so, so then we move on to where next. So, what what is you know you you've helped develop third generation or next generation NLP, which maybe you can just briefly summarize. Yeah, maybe do that first of all, what what you consider first, second, and third generation NLP and then what would fourth be?
1: It's so- a great question. I mean, I think of the first generation as more of the cognitive tools that's a description. I mean, every generation has everything in it, but the focus of attention is different. So the, fir- the first generation focus of attention, from my perspective, was more around the cognitive mind, you know, uh, representational systems, submodalities, strategies in general. I would say the language patterns, uh, but always from a position of meta. I mean, that's the whole idea about meta. Anything, you know, NLP is about meta modeling. It's about meta models. It's about being meta to my own process, and so. Um, but the focus was more around the idea of the cognitive and these events that occur mentally from my perspective. The second generation, another description, you know, what what John and I called in the 80s the, a new code or something, but from my perspective it's, a, it's a, just another description, but the focus of attention included the first and then transcended to sort of go well, okay, we're getting an idea of what's going on in here with this one person, but what's happened in the space in between? And then, it, you know, you start to get the idea of uh, expanding out more into field a little bit, relational field, quality of relationship, perceptual positions. um, um deeper into the human being, you know, through Robert, you know, talking about now how do we connect, what does that mean to connect to a belief, you know, what does that mean, you know, in terms of who am I, and et cetera, my dreams and visions, et cetera, beliefs and values. Uh, And then in the third generation, same thing, but another description, just a different point of attention, which is now going with the sort of support of the neuroscience that we can now kind of talk more clearly from a scientific or semi scientific point of view, I suppose, about the bigger systems, you know, um, the field, the world, the system, the larger system, being able to take that into account. So I'm just I gonna see. Can I applaud you
0: just for a minute? So there's the, the word field, which I keep on hearing everywhere I go at the yeah. moment. Uh, some people listening would probably want some, some degree of explanation of that. Yeah. Normalization. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's sort
1: of the, the, the way physics described it is, you know, sort of electromagnetic field, you know, uh, between two systems that are both alive and both created of energy, you know, who are both energetic beings or, you know, everybody in that, in that room is an energetic being and they're bringing energy of different kinds, you know, and so that the connection or the resonance between creates a kind of field. Kind of a space in between so put simply I can go well there's my perspective and I feel X you know I feel excited about doing this interview there's your perspective you feel you know you feel um, uh, hopeful about you know getting something done in the interview and then there's the quality of what is the space in between if I step into that what is that that's a field and um, a field of connection a field of resonance and sometimes those fields of resonance are great and sometimes they're difficult, but they're still resonant, you know, <laughs> just, yeah.
0: And is there a sense that that field continues to exist after the people have moved away and that conversation is finished? Does, does the field have an existence outside of that conversation or that connection? Because that's some I, people's I, versions I, of field. is. With, in, in, it
1: has, yeah, I'm sorry. I think it has to do with sort of the depth and the degree of that that resonance and connection you know i always think of there's an artist um john gray i know you've probably seen some of his art but it always looks like the tissue is off so you see the muscles and the blood vessels and the energetic feel he always shows this sort of this sort of aura you know of energy because we're living beings i mean that was one of gregory's ideas too was you know that yeah so i would say this third generation is another description and it's an energetically it's an energetic description, as well as a cognitive description or a somatic description. It's also an energetic description, and I guess that's how I'd think about field.
0: So I guess then, then, then the question is, so where, if you could look into your magic crystal ball, which I know you have somewhere <laughs> in the room, um, you know, what, would, what might fourth journey, where would, what might the focus be next?
1: Gee, you know,
0: Or where would you like it to be, I guess? Yeah,
1: where would I like it to be? I think I would like it to kind of continue to focus around this idea of wisdom and to bring that more and more, you know, into play. Um, It's still, you know, you still have all the tools and skills from all the other generations and it's an added, it's an added layer that can be useful. And I think that um, where NLP goes, from my perspective, um, Phil, is what gets called out in relationship to the other parts of the world, you know? Um, That's how I think I've always known, is what is the world asking? What is the world needing? And for me, that idea around wisdom is what I see people needing, people, you know, wanting to, to, to sort of have more peace in their life or to have more harmony in their life or to have more beauty in their life and you know you can go to the poorest places in Guatemala and you can see they got it (laughs) (laughs) and so when you made that comment about not really necessarily discovering anything new we innovate but discovering what we've forgotten quite often as Gregory Bateson would say is the most relevant things that happen
0: I was at a Hay House conference this weekend um, with lots of interesting speakers. Uh, Joe Dispenza, I don't know if you know him, and um, Robert Holden and Pam Grout. And this is a theme that kept on coming out, not just about the field, but also this idea that a lot of it is about uh, when people go to to hear speakers, The speaker doesn't tell you anything new. What they do is they remind you about things that you've forgotten.
1: And there is a big
0: chunk of wisdom in that, isn't there?
1: There is. There is. And I think that, that you know, through great, Gregory's amazing descriptions or, you know, Milton's amazing work or Greg, uh, Virginia Satir's amazing work with families, that that's what gets, uh, that's what emerges and what gets released, you know, is a big deep breath and then an awareness of, uh, of that larger system and that those connections are either generative or degenerative.
0: Yeah. So you must yeah. feel very, very privileged to have met all these extraordinary people in your few short years.
1: Well, I, I feel extraordinarily surprised <laughs> and blessed. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a, a small town girl from the Midwest, you know, born in the Appalachian Mountains, Pennsylvania, and reared up in Oklahoma in a town of about 12,000, 14,000 people. Um, My, you know, Native American world, because this was a small county in Oklahoma, had 13 different tribal designations, you know, Oklahoma means Land of the Red Man, it's where they, the the second to the last territory in the United States to become a state in the early part of the last century, like 1906. So, you know, a very, very highly populated area of Native Americans. And so that, you know, was in my in my world from four years old. My first job, you know, was kind of taking care of two Native American Spencers, Adeline and Madeline Wabunsi. <laughs> you know? And I, you know, cleaned their house and fixed their hair, <laughs> things like that. And we would go to, you know, do Native American things and, you know, to the powwows for two weeks and camp out and stuff. But I had had absolutely no idea that I would be having this conversation (laughs) (laughs) with people like you, you know, who really, you know, love NLP and care about it and see the value of it and, you know, want to take it in some form into the world and make a difference. That's what really matters, just make a difference, you know.
0: So I've got some questions to finish because I know I've taken yeah. a lot of your busy morning. Um, first thing, I guess, is if, if we were to conclude with, well, hey, this is your chance to speak to fa- hundreds of thousands of people who are going to watch this. Actually, it's mm-hmm. very popular, this podcast, in spite of my presence on it. Um, it's, very, <laughs> it's very, very popular. And with you being on it, it's going to go through the roof. So this is your stage, uh, your chance to, to say something significant or important um, or, or a moment to share what you feel, if you could give a gift to people, what, what, what wisdom would you like to hand over, hand on?
1: I think the wisdom that given my age now in life that I would like to, to, to pass on is to really reflect about That those ideas about what do you want, what do you want to see more of in your life and in the world and be it, you know, and reflect on, you know, those ideas that, you know, when you're saying goodbye to the world and going into another one, what do you wish you had done more of, you know. Yeah. But definitely, yeah, definitely take the moment to go, really, what do I want to see more of in the world and just be it because it'll make difference.
0: Fantastic. There Thank is, you. There's so many more questions I could ask you, but I'm going to I'm going to pause there. Maybe we'll do another one. When you've got okay. your breath back after this, but it's been really fascinating as ever Thank talking you. to you. I'm shame, shame we haven't seen you dancing. That will be for the next. <laughs> get you up doing a few pirouettes and meet your doggies.
1: I'm doing a lot of, a lot of rain dancing these days.
0: But we're <laughs> Are you still in drought. drought there?
1: Yeah, we're still in drought. We've had a couple of little rains, and there might be one next week. But you know, hey, you can I have read some go, of ours. I'm <laughs> You know, I used the old farmer's almanac and when I used to live up in the mountains I had horses and so I could always tell by how early they started shedding uh, putting on their winter coats and stuff, you know, what was forming up, but lost that contact now. (laughs) have to go more directly, go to the Hopi Indians and go, hey, are you guys dancing up here? Come on, (laughs) get with the program.
0: (laughs) it's been brilliant speaking to you and um we shall chat again soon because i'd like to know more about you and your wisdom your very particular wisdom it's always a pleasure to speak to you um take care speak to you soon thank
1: you, <laughs> and thank you for your commitment and your vision and your mission because together we make a difference
0: <laughs> thanks judy take care huh?
1: thanks bye have a great day
0: well that's it that was judy I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Fascinating, inspirational person. And don't forget to come back to meet all the other people we're interviewing on this podcast series and, of course, Essential NLP Podcast 2. Take care now. Bye.